Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. If Gathering 2023 is tomorrow, tomorrow, March 3rd and 4th, you can stream from anywhere on the globe that you are and you don't want to miss it. Every year, we like to give you just a little taste of what you can experience at IF. Incredible teaching, opening our Bibles together, worshiping God, and spending two days together in your living room, wherever you are. Did you know that God is perfectly good and perfectly loving, but still allows suffering? Did you know that God is a healer, but does not always heal? Did you know that sometimes the things that we wrestle with in our anxiety and our depression and all of our mental challenges cannot be removed by a texted scripture from your friend? Did you know that there are times where we think we've forgiven and we've really just disconnected? There are times that we serve and we offer up our gifts, but we don't realize that they're tagged with an expectation for acknowledgement. See, here's the thing about truth. There's a lot of good, amazing truth available to you in this amazing word of God. But truth is only going to change your life to the degree that it's important to you. To the degree that you're willing to let go of the corresponding lie. See, I think what's happening now is that we are exposed to crazy amounts of truth. Not all of it is God's truth, but even if we just narrow it down to absolute truth, the Bible itself, the Holy Spirit himself, good teachers who do the work, community, your Bible study resources, truth, truth, truth is available to you. But even perfect and absolute truth can only bring about personal change if I'm ready to let go of the lie. I want to challenge you to hate the lie so you can hear the truth. Hate the lie so you can hear the truth. Because things become relevant when I understand that my life is not the way God has designed for it to be. And, And here's the thing, I think we like truth so much that we add it to our current condition rather than allowing it to change our current condition. So God, I want to know all the things about you, but also don't touch this over here. I just want a mix of how I want to do it and what you say, and then I'll figure out how I want to live my life each day. So today, I want to challenge you to really ask yourself, God, do I need just more information? Or do I really need to evaluate where I need to uproot my misinformation? Here's here's where we can find the answer to that. Psalm 139, at the very end of the psalm, David says simply this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, some of your versions may say, and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So David is concluding one of my favorite psalms. He's opening that psalm saying, God, you've searched me, you've known me, you know where I sit down when I rise up, you know thoughts before they're formed on my lips, you're intimately acquainted with all my ways. That psalm is the one that tells us we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So God clearly knows David. But then at the end of this passage, 
passage, she's saying, God, search me, know me, try me, and then lead me. So here, here's the thing. If I want to really walk in this truth that God has for us, right? Because I, I, I don't want us to, to have God speaking consistently, but we apply it occasionally. We're the loneliest generation that has ever lived on the face of the earth. Not all of us, 80% live in little villages around fires with no doors. Throughout history, this is what people have done. They cook their meals, there's protection, there's warmth. Anybody seen 1883? Everybody should see 1883, so good and, and dangerous. And yet there's something to it that's simpler and, and more beautiful and more important than what it feels like our daily lives are. A year into my research on this subject, I was so troubled and I was so bothered that I, it was almost like the matrix where they find out how it all really is and then they're just mad and they, they wanna go back to pretending that it's all okay. That's how I felt a year in because this is that messed up. You look at the numbers, the anxiety, the depression, the um, suicidal thoughts, the suicide that's happening. You look at the next generation that's coming. Something's broken, what is broken, and this is what's broken. Let me start with the Bible. It is all about this. <laughs> when I went to research it, it was hard to find verses about community. You don't have one verse that you can just sum it all up with because the whole book's about it. In Genesis, he builds a man and he sets them on the planet, and what does he say? It's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. First statement over mankind, it is not good for mankind to be alone. Now the irony is, in Genesis, you see the first sign of the Trinity because it says, let us create man in our image. So we see that a communal God created a communal creature. And that communal God said, we're gonna build man in in our image, he's going to be like us. He's going to resemble us. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, because some of you are, are confused because you didn't even know this was about Jesus, I'm so sorry. Um, so, it's good to hear that God is three and God is one, just the basics. I went to seminary and that's all I've got. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The three have been in relationship for all of eternity and will be in relationship for all of eternity. They didn't create us because they were lonely. They created us out of love. That they had so much love just in who they are that they wanted to share that love with us. And we feel that on days like today. We feel that love just from God just coming through into our lives as we are with each other. Well, guys, guess what? It is not good for man to be alone. And guess where we have been for a long time? Alone. Three and five were lonely before the pandemic. So I'm guessing we're at four and five or five and five. And it's not something that's easy to identify because it's just the way we live. We have fences, we, we have alarms, we, we Amazon something that we need. We don't ever borrow something from our neighbors anymore. We, we don't even you know, really wanna share our burdens. I remember being at my office when I was researching this and I asked my team, I said, how many of you are comfortable asking for help and nobody raised their hand? That's my team. 
And if you see the kind of things they create, like we are communal people. We like to host parties, really big, fun parties. That's my team that didn't feel like they could ask each other for help when they need it. We are so isolated. And if this was just about your well-being, if this was just about your anxiety, if this was just about you personally being known, it would matter. But it is so much bigger than that. We have such bigger problems than that. Here's the problem. When I wrote that book, I was a little embarrassed that I was writing a book about friendship because to me, it was never a book about friendship. It was a book about war. It was a book about us facing the darkness and us doing that together. And we're all trying to duke it out by ourselves. When God gave us away and assumed throughout the book that it would be communal. You see in Adam and Eve, they built a family. And you see through that family, a nation was built. You see people groups on earth, across the earth, all that did life communally in villages through all time. You see a nation in Israel and then Jesus comes through that nation into the world and he says, now I want you to go and to be the church. And so all over in those local villages, little churches would pop up, Ephesus, Corinth, Philippi. So you see the rest of the book is all about local churches, which is how we're supposed to be. That's the, that's the season of the story that we're in, is the local church season. And what's interesting, is in our depression and in our anxiety, we have isolated ourselves even more because that's how the devil works. Second uh, Corinthians three, verse seven says, now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. So it's, it's talking about the story of Moses and, you know, he's on that mountaintop and then he's in the tent of meeting and there's times when his face glows and, 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 and he goes, that we, I'm willing to bet that maybe all of you there, you look at the life of Moses and you go, wow, that was incredible. He was on that mountaintop. He was the one guy that could got to go in the fire. He's the one guy that sat in a tent of meeting and the cloud came down, his face is glowing. Like that is incredible. And just reading through the books of, book of Exodus, you're going, God, can I just get a fraction of that? Can I just have one encounter like that? But what does the word of God say? He says the glory of Moses should be far exceeded through the ministry of the spirit today. That we have to stop living in the shadow of the Old Testament. In fact, the Bible says the Old Testament is the shadow. Moses is the shadow and we have a glory that's available to us. And so these are the things I'm reading and I'm going, God, I want this. Give me faith for this. I'm going to come into your presence and trust the word of God. And that's why what you guys are doing is so important is because 
I didn't get that from someone telling me these things. I'm just reading and going, what in the world? Are you serious? Why didn't anyone tell me what is possible and what God wants of us? So don't underestimate what God may want to do through you and in you as you get alone in his presence. This glory through the spirit should far exceed what Moses experienced. And so don't be deterred by going, well, I've never seen that in someone and I've never experienced this. This is where you got to go. I got to go beyond experience and trust the word of God and say, no, this is what he says. And so I'm going to seek him and he promises me that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so praise God that you're giving the word out to all of these people. I would say, please take it to another level in your walk with him. Believe that all these things are possible. Guys, If Gathering 2023 is tomorrow. And if you don't know what If is, If Gathering is a day and a half of gathering your friends, worshiping together, opening your Bibles and reading God's word and just being encouraged, equipped, challenged for a day and a half starting tomorrow. It will be live streaming all over the world. So no matter where you are, if you're in your dorm room, living rooms all over the world, no matter what, join us live for If Gathering 2023 and using the code MFT10, you can get $10 off the individual pass and the host pass. So it makes it like like $19 for the whole weekend of streaming If Gathering. This really is a one-of-a-kind way to invite people over. You don't even have to make it fancy or super organized like text some friends right now go register go to if2023.com click if you want to do an individual pass or a host pass and use the code mft10 to get ten dollars off your pass that's if2023.com and use the code mft10 for ten dollars off your pass all the way through march 4th they extended the code just for you guys Men are limited by their humanity, by their creaturely existence. They are therefore an insufficient and unholy God if ever we decided to make them one, just like any idol. The beauty about God being God is that because he isn't created, he has no need. Listen to Paul in Acts 17, verse 25. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. What Paul is saying is that it would be foolish to think that the creator of everything needs the creation for anything. It is because God It's completely sufficient within himself that even when he makes something, it isn't to fill a void, but it's giving an opportunity for all that he is to be known by another. Let me say it another way. God didn't create you because he needed you. God created you because he was being generous with himself. God created us out of his generosity. He is the one that gives everything, everything, life and breath, 
body and soul, food and faithfulness. He is able to do so because in God is no lack. A God with no needs is a God who has the power to supply everybody else's. Coming back to the story, Aaron takes the gold. I have a feeling he took the earrings and the earring backs that made it stick together. Then they have a worship service for it by saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Again, we have Israel using words that should have alerted them to their delusion. This calf ain't been around for nothing but five seconds. And all of a sudden, they begin saying that he is the one that brought them out of the land of Egypt. What they failed to see, though, is that a golden calf, no matter how beautiful it might be, is unholy. Why? Because all idols are local. Idols are unlike God since they are restrained by space and time. Because God is transcendent, unique. He exists differently than created things. He is not limited nor constrained by space and time because he created it. Time is a creature. So that means that God's relationship to time is that of a sovereign, not a servant. So praising an idol that was just born for an act it wasn't even around for is ridiculous. But not only is their praise ridiculous, but also their expectation. They said they want a God that will go before them, meaning they wanted a God that would lead them, meaning they wanted a God that would protect them, which is actually a morally acceptable need. I think some of us have to be reminded that neediness is okay. I'll say it again. I think some of us need to be reminded that neediness is okay. It, it isn't sinful to be needy. Why? Because God is the only one without needs. The fact that you are a creature means that you are inherently dependent on something. The problem is when we rebel against God to get a need met, especially when you consider the fact that God all throughout scripture has revealed himself to be the primary source of everyone's satisfaction. Trusting in a local God will always lead you frustrated. Why? Well, idols got no choice but to submit to time and space. That means if your idol is located in a particular city, country, church, denomination, job, tax bracket, political party, then whenever your idol is too far from your reach because you moved or lost your job or your preferred president or the liquor store isn't open or homeboy won't answer his phone, it's at that point that you realize that a localized idol is one you won't always have access to, therefore you have a very inconsistent hope. Our needs are constant. They follow us everywhere. So imagine trusting in a wannabe God that can't even meet you where you are. It is futile to place your hope in anything that will inevitably leave you and forsake you. But with God, it don't matter where you are. You can be in Dallas or Mars, and God will be there. I think we have a generation who just lets the majority rule. Whatever Urban Dictionary votes is the truth. Whatever TikTok says 
is the truth. Whatever the Snapchat article reads is the truth. Whatever the news headline is, is the truth. And it doesn't matter if we fact check it, that's just true. We don't need to fact check it. That's how we're gonna live our life. Even if it's leading us to destruction, even if it's no good for our life, even if we literally don't even recognize ourselves anymore, if everyone says it's true, then it must be true. It's scary. Proverbs 12, 15 says this, the fool is right in his own eyes, but the wise man listens to advice. I don't wanna be a generation of fools thinking that we're right all the time, thinking that our truth is the best thing for our life. You know, you read this story too, and you say, you know, this makes no rational sense. Like even if Jesus was bothering them, that is actually dangerous that they would put Barabbas back on the streets. Like he's actually a criminal. This doesn't even make sense. Why would they do this? But here's the thing, your truth is not really concerned with what makes sense. It's not really concerned with what, you know, is better for you in the long run. Your truth is always going to seek what is the most comfortable thing in the moment. Your truth is gonna feed your pleasure. Your truth is gonna feed your feelings. Your truth is gonna be the thing that makes you comfortable. And Jesus made them so uncomfortable because your truth allows you to stay the same. The truth requires change. The truth requires submission. The truth requires you to lay down, to repent, to turn, and to follow in Him. And we don't wanna do that. We wanna live our truth. You know, there's a scripture, I'm gonna read it to y'all in John 8, and it is so powerful. And Jesus just lays out the fact that He is the truth. It says this, if you abide in my word, you are my disciple and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you're in my word, you are my disciple. And then if you're in me, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, when I was preparing for the message, I couldn't remember where that verse was found in the Bible. And so I literally Googled, where is the verse that Jesus says and the truth will set you free? Y'all, I'm not kidding. I told y'all sometimes I don't feel prepared. So I Googled this, okay? I should have known it, but I Googled it. And when I Googled it, the first thing that popped up was who said the truth will set you free. And so I click on it and there's literally all of these lists of people in the uh, history of the world that have said this great line and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And it's this person who said it in 1960 and it's this person who said it in 1820 and it's this person who said it in this war and this person who said it in this movement. And then along with all of the other listings there was Jesus. And Jesus said, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And as I was reading that, I was like, man, this is the problem. You see, that sentence is not true for anyone to say but Jesus. And you know why it's not true? You know why it was true when Jesus said it? It's because when he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He was literally talking about himself as in the truth. And the reason why he could say that and it would be true is because he actually knew he holds the power beyond the grave. He can literally wash you free of your sin. He literally is going to resurrect from the dead to life. So that's actually true for him to say that His truth actually will set you free. That whatever sin you have in your life, whatever bondage you're dealing with in your life, the thing that's actually gonna set you free because He literally raised from the grave is Jesus Christ.
Hey, did you know that you can text Jenny and I? And we actually read your text messages and we try to respond as many as we can, but it is just like such a fun way for especially you guys, our podcast fam, to ask questions. We send out ideas and stuff for you guys all the time to vote on. So we really consider our, what we call texties, our inner circle of the podcast. If you want to join, get out your phone. You're going to type the word podcast in the message part to the number 214-225-6267. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.